Hello and welcome to another episode of Candid Talks with Bharat V. This is Bharat Vatsa, your host of the show. Many people's lives are proliferated with excuses, but some of us manage to make our own mark through sheer hard work and dedication. And one of them is Apanokuma, an IPS officer from Uttar Pradesh, Kadav, posted as DIG Indo-Tibetan Border Police. She is the first officer from All India Civil Services to conquer tallest peak Mount Vincent Massifon in Antarctica. Please do listen to this episode till the end. Before we begin, please do not forget to subscribe to this podcast channel and you can connect with me on my Facebook page at Candid Talks with Bharat V. So let's welcome DIG IDPP Aparna Kumar. Welcome to the show, ma'am. And it's my pleasure that you could took out time and uh, join us today on the show. How are you doing in this pandemic? First of all, tell me about this. Because in the pandemic, where everyone is in lockdown and working from home, but you guys are outside on the front line and, you know, helping everyone to maintain the peace and order. So how you are dealing with that situation? Hello. The Corona pandemic was a big shock for everyone. And it was uh, for us in Dehradun also. Dehradun, we have a, a sector headquarter in Dehradun and a frontier headquarter of ITBP in uh, Dehradun. We mainly take care of the borders uh, between uh, India and uh, China-occupied Tibet. That is the Tibetan uh, territory and the Chinese-occupied uh, Tibetan uh, territory. Okay. I am in charge of the Gadwal region. So we have a border of around uh, almost uh, 256 uh, kilometers in Gadwal, mm-hmm. which we, uh, the Indo-Tibetan border police takes care of. Okay. Uh, initially, when the coronavirus started in uh, March, um, we had to be very, very uh, you know, alert and uh, careful because we did not want any of our personnel to get infected. Absolutely. Because uh, most of yeah. them... Were, deployed at the borders. They were in Jammu Kashmir. They were also in uh, deployed in the Naxal uh, areas in Chhattisgarh and Jharkhand. Okay. So our primary uh, issue was to keep our uh, men and women safe from uh, the pandemic. But uh, because of a lot of travel, you know, uh, people get transferred, people are on leave. And they are traveling from all over um, India. They are coming from south. They are coming from northeast, from all over the place. So when the lockdown happened, so everyone was stuck. So people who were on uh, duty in all parts of the country, they were stuck wherever they were. People who had gone on leave, they were stuck at their homes. Yeah. So the first two months, uh, they were all uh, wherever they were. They were all uh, stuck there itself. Mm-hmm. After the lockdown, there was some ease of uh, traveling. We, we had to uh, get them by through special trains or by their own means they came. And most of them who came from outside, they, had, um, they were infected. So we had okay. to isolate them, you know, quarantine them. Mm-hmm. All these things happened. And initially, we had a lot of infections. And the infections even went as far as our uh, border outposts. So that was a big, uh, it's a very, it was a very serious issue for the Indo-Tibetan border police when people deployed at the borders get uh, infected. So we had to immediately remove them from there, quarantine them, um, 
hospitalized some of them required hospitalization and otherwise generally they were all quarantined and taken care of okay now as of now we are at a uh, very very uh, favorable uh, situation as far uh, infections are concerned because we had we, we were not used to um, this new thing a new infection Absolutely. new one yeah. yeah so once we got to know how to take care so now the personnel and everyone whether it's the officers or um, my peers or uh, my staff they're all very very careful with always uh, wearing masks we see to it that very few people are in the office doing file work all this uh, the routine work uh, is a bit, was a bit uh, you know uh, affected initially but yeah. now we are um, after 2 3 months we got used to the routine and again back uh, to our normal uh, routine with a lot of precaution for the entire mankind i believe you know this is something which we are not uh, accustomed to and i think this kind of a pandemic uh, we had earlier i think uh, in around 1800 or early 1900s i think we you know the where in the mankind did uh, face this situation but i think it's after long long years you know that we never f- dealt with this kind of a situation at least i think it was new for everyone for all of us obviously and and i just hope that we uh, get the vaccines very soon in the near future so that you know we get rid of this situation okay yeah. so uh, ma'am tell us something about your background i believe you have originally from karnataka so how and when did you decide to join indian civil services and become ips officer what made you decide that okay I'm originally from uh, Karnataka. I was born in this uh, district called uh, Shumoga, the highest uh, waterfalls uh, yeah. called the Jog Falls, situated in that uh, district. Yeah. So, but um, I did my schooling and college in Mysore and Bangalore, mm-hmm. uh, in Karnataka, and I did my uh, law BA LLB honors from National Law School uh, of India University uh, Bangalore, the NLSIU. and after my 5 years uh, law i started practicing in the civil and the, you know the lower courts in bangalore okay during that time one of our uh, seniors in the law school got through the civil services and uh, he got uh, one of the topmost ranks he was i think the third or the fourth rank he came so that inspired me and motivated me to uh, think of uh, you know giving the civil services so during okay. when i was practicing as a lawyer i used to sit and study for the exams also go through the books and everything so during that practicing only i gave my prelims and then i got through the prelims so then what i did is i stopped practicing because you know it's a very serious exam and yeah. uh, you cannot um, and i didn't want to sit for you know 2 3 years or 4 years it's a long time for someone without a job so what i did was i stopped practicing and i um, shut myself in the house with all the books and uh, talked to my professors law professors and they um, advised me as to what uh, books to read and how to go about it and everything and then for the next uh, you know 7 8 months i sat and studied i did self study because i took uh, my options were in those days uh, i took uh, public administration and law law was my subject and public administration was very very uh, it was a subject of very close to law and you know uh, constitution and everything so it was quite um, easy for me mm-hmm. so i um, 
the five years what i did in law school i uh, sat down and you know each and every textbook and all the books i sat down and poured over all these books made notes and systematically organize organize my time and everything uh, and then went about uh, studying for the exam and i gave the mains and got through and interview for me the interview was a big challenge because i had not seen delhi till then i came to delhi for the first time in 2002 for the interview and uh, i was quite psyched and i my interview did not go very well and i thought maybe i would have to give the exam again okay but thankfully uh, when the results came i had got through i had opted uh, like people normally opt for ias foreign service their first option would be that i had opted for uh, the police service because always one was very uh, you know inspired by the uniform mm-hmm. services like uh, if i was not in the police maybe i would have joined the army or any other paramilitary force or anything okay. probably okay um, so that's how my uh, inclination towards civil services in our you know how i went about getting through the exams okay so agar ye nahi hota so then probably you would have continued to being as a lawyer yes i would have be continued to practice and then i would have given the judicial exams probably yes. i would have been a judge yeah judge. okay <laughs> so ma'am uh, being in police force and please don't uh, judge me that i am asking uh, you know or i am being biased or something but it's just a question that i want to ask for all our listeners that being a, a lady officer and being in police force did you face any kind of challenges to start off with i i know in today's world it is it doesn't matter anymore but i'm sure definitely in the start of your career you might have faced many challenges so if you may want to tell us something about that experience please definitely um see i come from a family where there were no civil servants mm-hmm. uh, from a very ordinary family and most of my relatives were all stayed in uh, small towns in karnataka right. and not many of my relatives were in bangalore also not even in mysore in those days i remember i used to go to my village to meet all my uh, relatives or my grandparents house and everything so yes some of them were lecturers and in uh, government service but not um, in these higher uh, posts so i was the first generation um, you know and that too in the police services it was uh, like when i uh, you know where after getting through the civil services uh, we do a three initially when uh, during those times there was a three months uh, foundation course in masuri okay so that was the first time i uh, in 2002 i remember in september i went to masuri to do the foundation course at the lal bahadur shastri academy of administration mm-hmm. and that was the first time that i saw the hills of snow capped peaks and everything okay so um, see uh, first time uh, someone from south india from a very very ordinary or normal family going out of uh, home and you know for training in uh, north india was a different experience mm-hmm. and during my foundation course we were allotted cadres my cadre was uttar pradesh so okay. that was a big big shock for me you know okay that i during those times i did not know hindi very well Okay. Uh, yes, I did know how to read and write, but very basic 
uh, and we used to like you know normal schools so you always talk in kannada you always yeah. talking in mother and the mother tongue i've never even I, i don't even remember talking in english in school maybe in college when i was in law school yes i did uh, talk in english but you mm-hmm. know the, um, mostly talking in kannada right. not even conversing in hindi or anything yeah. so you were very uncomfortable in a new language and this first, would have been a cultural shock also for you you know uh, coming from south <laughs> and uttar pradesh totally being a uh, north uh, region yes completely and you know everything is in the extremes in uh, uttar pradesh yeah so uh, it it was tough like my first uh, district posting as a uh, trainee uh, assistant superintendent of police was allahabad oh, so allahabad okay. you know it's, uh, um, it's the center of uh, hindi literature yes. and everything uh, you know chase hindi and everything mm-hmm. so i had to put in a lot of uh, hard work to learn hindi to converse in hindi to understand uh, different dialects of um, you know in uttar pradesh the eastern right. you know in the central how people talk in lucknow or the yeah. western up so all these things were really different of and also food i was not used to eating dal or uh, roti or anything uh-huh. so i was a rice eater so okay. it was really it was seem very small to people but for me it was a huge thing mm-hmm. not knowing a language not having any friends or relatives in allahabad not liking the food and you know not understanding people so it, uh, things were very um, uh, hard uh, initially but i really worked hard mm-hmm. and people were very very uh, especially in up it's my karma bhumi and i want to say this people have a uh, people uh, in india and other states they have a very bad opinion of uh, uttar pradesh yeah. but um, i have been treated very well in up okay. whatever i have learned in my job or personally it has been due to a lot of influences and lot of good experiences that mm-hmm. i have had in you so that really helped me in getting adjusted uh, to a new culture to new uh, system of working mm-hmm. and you know uh, the bureaucratic work or uh, working all this yeah. was was made easier because people were very very helpful people were very cooperative they did not mind that i did not understand the language they helped me into you know uh, learn the language okay. they were uh, a bit patient also so these good experiences had a lot of um, influence over me it had a positive influence over me. awesome okay so ma'am um you know uh, you became the first woman officer from all india civil services to conquer south pole uh you climb the tallest peak mount winson massif in antarctica and but tell me something mountaineering ki taraf aapka rujhan jo hua wo kab aur kaise hua because as you said you you know you hail from karnataka and at that point of time i'm sure there were no such mountaineering options you know there that time uh, so if you can tell us something about that Yes, like I told you, from Karnataka, and when I had to go to training, the first time I went to Masuri in 2002 in September. So I saw the first snow-capped peaks for the first time in Masuri. Mm-hmm. So that had a lot of, you know, it left a great impact in my mind, somewhere in my mind. 
but i was too engrossed in training loving nature the mountains i had never seen such huge mountains or huge hilly areas because okay. in karnataka yes there are hills but you know like whether it's maharashtra karnataka or anywhere in south yeah the altitudes are not such so high yeah the small hills small uh, peaks uh, not as high as the himalayas <laughs> seeing the right. lower himalayas and the middle himalayas for the first time was a different um, experience uh, altogether and it had an impact on me but then mm-hmm. you are so busy because you are a new entrant to the service and it's one of the right. top most service to busy studying and uh, doing your training and then once i got posted uh, for district training in allahabad uh, like you know i was working hard you know, to learn the language to learn the culture and all that and the system of policing in uh, uttar pradesh Hmm. you uh, previous question of yours was how I, as a woman i uh, dealt with in a police force yeah. so initially because i got a lot of help and cooperation so that's why my journey was a bit easier okay yes there were a lot of uh, small obstacles now it seems small but then during those times for me each and everything was a huge problem hmm. uh, looking back uh, it all seems very silly to me but then it was it was huge uh, problems to me yes as a woman also uh, in the police uh, force um, it used to be tough but then you know the workforce your subordinates your peers mm-hmm. get used to you and they also try to help you in many ways and if you take things positively and if you have patience then i think you can deal with any kind of uh, the discriminations or you know the patriarchal attitudes uh, that is prevalent uh, yeah. yeah so <laughs> during those times I, i you know as a new entrant i was not even aware of uh, like most of the things have become very very people have become very vocal nowadays you know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. patriarchy or misogyny and all that in yeah. those times we didn't even um, hear to these words being spoken a- absolutely yeah we you know we we used to face a lot of things but then used to have these mechanisms to cope with these things yeah you know we yeah. have uh, a lot of forums to go and uh, complain or you know you by trial and error uh, you would you know learn things learn to cope that's what initially um, my uh, that's what i did but now if you if you say how is it in the police force i say like no i put my foot down and i'm more confident than i was mm-hmm. when i was a young uh, officer okay. and as to my mountaineering journey uh, see i uh, again i told you that you know, whatever i have learned on the job in my personal life it has been due to these influences that i had in uttar pradesh Mm-hmm. the kind of uh, different districts that i uh, worked as um, uh, asp or uh, sp or the senior uh, superintendent of police and dig in different districts of uh, uh, uttar pradesh and different parts of uh, uttar pradesh i each and every place um, i learned a lot i faced a lot of uh, challenges also and this made me much more every uh, mistake every failure made me much more confident mm-hmm. much more strong i think it was just preparing me for um, bigger things okay i think more, the initial stuff was it was really preparing me for uh, bigger stuff mm-hmm. in 2013 uh, 12 and 
I was posted in Muradabad. Um, it's in Western uh, Uttar Pradesh. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, three um, armed battalions. In Uttar Pradesh, armed battalions are called as PACs. Uh-huh. Provincial um, Constabulary. Right. So it is called a PAC. PAC okay. battalion. Yeah. So I was posted to a battalion called the 9th Battalion. Mm-hmm. And uh, before uh, 1990s, it used to be called as Special Police Force. Okay. And uh, before Indo-Tibetan Border Police came into being, mm-hmm. the 9th Battalion PAC, which is known as Special Police Force, used to take care of the border areas in uh, Uttarakhand. Okay. Okay. It used to be Uttarakhand used to be in uh, UP itself. Yeah. So uh, till uh, you know 2000, uh, the PACs used to take care of all the borders with uh, along the China China. The mm-hmm. PACs used to take care. So okay. this uh, particular battalion ninth, uh, but uh, PAC, it had when I joined in 2012, I came across uh, all the mountaineering equipments, gear, tentage. And a lot of my, uh, you know, officers and uh, subordinates, my peers and staff, they used to narrate me a lot of stories of uh, mountaineering, how they used to go you know, take huge loads of, uh, you know, to these uh, high altitude posts along the China border, how beautiful it was, how they used to walk on the snow highs and all these <coughs> incredible stories. That okay. made me very, very curious. And these uh, mountaineering equipments and gear of, you know, 1970s, 60s, 80s, the old ones. So we made a museum out of it. And um, during this period, uh, I got to, I didn't even know that there were mountaineering uh, institutes. Then, you know, I got to know that there are mountaineering institutes and uh, there is one in uh, Uttarkashi, the Mm -hmm. Nehru Institute of Mountaineering and in Darjeeling. I uh, (coughs) wanted to go mountaineering. Mm -hmm. I was already, I was not even like 20 plus or 30 plus. I was already in my late 30s then. Okay. I was already a senior uh, superintendent of police. About to be in a couple of years, I would I, I would be uh, uh, promoted as a DIG, deputy okay. uh, inspector. General. So like, you know, I found one of the institutes which was um, favorable to my uh, work uh, schedule. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in Darjeeling and uh, Uttarkashi, the age limit was after 35, yeah, 30, yeah, after 35, they wouldn't take women. Okay. And also, there was just one course uh, in a year for uh, women. So, that was not uh, conducive to me. Mm-hmm. So, I, there was this uh, institute in Manali, Mountaineering Institute, Atal Bihari Vajpayee Institute in Manali, Himachal Pradesh, yeah. where the age limit was 40. Okay. So and they had uh, all the courses that they had. Um, it was a mixed course, like even women and girls could uh, do the course along with the boys and men. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I yeah, I, I was commandant of this uh, battalion. I took one month leave from my uh, IG. Okay. He was very surprised actually. He was like, "You have sm-. I then I had two small children. My daughter was uh, six years, and my son was almost around two and a half years. So mm-hmm. it's like instead of you, you have such small children, how come you're going to vanish uh, <laughs> for one month, leaving yeah. the kids and everything? You know. But even then, he was kind enough to give me leave for uh, one month. I took one month leave, and I went and did this basic mountaineering course. Okay. And, uh, leave this there were like around 130 people in the course 
in the basic mountaineering course mm -hmm. and the age profile would be like between uh, 18 to 24 25 okay. the oldest would be one who's like 25 26 i was Achha. one of the oldest okay and you know i didn't even tell anyone that i'm an ips officer and also oh. <laughs> i told uh, yeah i like you know i told my husband like my, most shocked was my husband why is this, is this some kind of a midlife crisis that she's having that she wants to go and do a mountaineering course? You know, so he had told me, Nak mat katana. Um, just remember that you're an IPS officer, people will be looking up to you. And if you're not able to complete the course, then you know, they will have an opinion, they'll frame an opinion that Batao, IPS ho ke kar nahi pai hai. So you need to you know, be aware of this fact also. So when I was a bit apprehensive, when I went to the course, I was also a bit apprehensive. I didn't know, like I was not really physically very fit or um, anything, but I went to the course and uh, I was very, very diligent, disciplined and very hardworking in the course. Okay. Initially, in the strength of 130 students, like around 30 to 40 students in the first one week or 10 days, they just dropped out. So oh. some got injured, some couldn't cope up with the physical, uh, the strenuous uh, exercises. Right. In, yeah. But what I did, I took uh, one day at a time, step by step. I did not miss any class. I was very, very punctual and, you know, I tried to learn because for me, it was an opportunity. Because right. I, For me, even getting one month leave or even 10 days leave is a big thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like, okay, I have got this leave. I have to make uh, good use of the leave That's that right. I have got. Yeah. And young people, they would be looking up to me. And mm -hmm. if I don't do it, then it will be a big embarrassment. That was also behind my back. And one okay. of the things is I was old and mature enough and I was not distracted too easily. Hmm. I saw young people, like I shouldn't say this, but some of the young people were not too very focused. Focus. And, you know, uh, a little bit of uh, hard hardship they couldn't cope up with. Okay. But I could cope up with uh, any kind of challenges or mm -hmm. even hardship. But yes, there was this apprehension in my mind that maybe I would get injured and I would have, I would have, had, I would have to, you know, leave the course midway. But thankfully, um, I completed the course and I got an A grade. So okay. if you get an A grade in the basic mountaineering course, you get uh, eligible to do the advanced mountaineering course. Achha. So in 2013, uh, October, I completed the basic mountaineering course. And 2014, July, again, I requested for a month's leave mm -hmm. and went and did an advanced uh, mountaineering course. The advanced mountaineering course was much more easier because I was now used to the uh, strenuous uh, yeah. workouts, the routine and everything. So yeah. it was much more easier and I enjoyed the advanced mountaineering course. And after that, I started my, you know, gradually, uh, I started climbing. Uh, okay. 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 So, uh, and I'm sure during all this, uh, uh, these courses, uh, your training and your schedule that you would have had during your uh, police, uh, you know, uh, schedule that would have helped you definitely I, I'm sure definitely you're right definitely it helped me yeah I think okay. I, uh, my schedule my job profile was um, 
making me be prepared for bigger things in life <laughs> so when you completed these courses did you tell them that you are an aps officer or you still did oh, not yes, yes. <laughs> like, yes, yes, they got to know. Actually, they okay. got to know midway during my course. They got to know that I am in the police. Okay. So it it added a lot of pressure because see, you write in the applications, you write the instructors always uh, would know that what you are. Yeah. You know, so yeah. instructors uh, after some point of time they would call me. Some of the instructors who were younger than me they would call me ma'am. So okay. the other uh, young kids, they would be like, "Hare, inko kyu ma'am bola hai ja raha hai." Okay. Then you know, uh, then one of the instructors, I think, yeah, they shared that, "Hare, nahi, ye to police officer hai." So. Acha. <laughs> and they, it added uh, more pressure on me. Oh. So, you know, young kids, they have their own opinions, and the you know police officer you automatically become a role model yeah you yeah know? no so, that uh, entire perception uh, also changes immediately yes yes yeah. yes but yeah. then yes like you know it also taught me one thing you know you uh, used to have these mistings and go to the dining hall we had to mm-hmm. stand in a queue and you know as officers everything is done for you So yeah. you know, I learned to again go back to my student life and you yeah. know stand in a queue and yeah. uh, eat in the mess, eat with all other um, students, my uh, you know course mates, and it, it, there was a bond for me and comradeer uh, that developed. Okay, right. Yeah, I still keep in touch with a lot of them. <laughs> Acha. so uh, ma'am after you completed your you know basic course and then you completed your advanced course of mountaineering so uh, how did your journey towards you know uh, scaling these peaks uh, start i mean how did you prepare uh, and at some point of time you might have definitely thought that okay now you uh, i want to conquer this uh, antarctica the highest peak there so उस जर्नी के बारे में थोड़ा सा बताइए आई मीन बिकॉज देर आर वेन इट कम्स टू माउंटेन क्लाइंबिंग इट कम्स विद इट्स ओन सेट ऑफ चैलेंजेस यू नो लाइक हाई स्पीड ऑफ विंड ब्लोइंग देन लो टेम्परेचर्स में सर्वाइव करना एंड देन यू नो यूल बी प्रोबेबली आउट ऑफ दम्युनिकेटिंग यू नो कम्युनिकेशन रेंज फॉर मेनी मेनी डेज and then uh, <clears throat> even getting frost bright and all that stuff so so how do you how did you prepare for the, for all that and sabse pehla jo peak aapne conquer kiya wo kaun sa tha and then further how did you uh, do this the antarctica mission and then i think you even uh, climbed mount everest so is puri journey ke bare mein thoda sa aap batayenge please yes definitely uh, i Uh, like you know i i did my training and everything training you know see when you go to school college it's a different thing but when mm-hmm. you are on the job it's a different experience altogether right so after my um, basic advanced course again you know work work commitments are so such that uh, you cannot um, uh, be uh, away from your work, uh, work commitments for long after training again i came back and you know working and um, during working itself then uh, i decided that i should uh, do the seven summits the seven summits are the seven highest peaks of the seven continents okay. so see i had just uh, done basic and advanced course and i had just after the advanced course i had gone and climbed uh, 
uh, a uh, 6000 meter peak in Ladakh that is Stock Kangri. Okay. And during advanced portion, so they made us climb uh, an 18,000 uh, feet uh, peak uh, during our advanced course. Beyond that, I had never climbed any peak. Okay. So uh, uh, when I decided to do the seven summits, I chose the um, one of the easiest, not the easiest, it's just it was a trekking peak. It was not a very technical peak. I went to uh, Kilimanjaro. Okay. So I, uh, I climbed Kilimanjaro. Uh, this is the highest peak in uh, Africa. It's mm-hmm. situated in Tanzania. So the, uh, the wonderful part about this uh, journey is um, in 2014 itself, after I completed my uh, uh, advanced uh, mountaineering mm-hmm. course in August, I decided to go there. I took a 15 day, 20 days leave, I remember. And uh, that was the first time I was traveling out of uh, India. And okay. you know, I, I did not know how to pack uh, equipments, gear and all the you know uh, clothing that is required on the mountain. So I had huge bags, suitcases and everything. Okay. And I went to Tanzania and you know, traveling abroad, that was the first time you don't mm-hmm. get trolleys, you don't, you know, you have to carry every all of your bags yourself. Yeah. That was a huge task. For me, okay. and when I reached the hotel, it was like my God, I had too much of luggage. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, I met uh, my teammates. They were my teammates from from all over the world. Okay. And my um, guide was from uh, Chile. He was an American, but settled in uh, Patagonia in Chile. Mm-hmm. And my team, they were around. We had around nine uh, other teammates. They were from Australia, Canada, Europe and okay. uh, Japan, South Korea. So mm. it was a mix of uh, from all over the world. world. And I met really very one, uh, wonderful people. And I made uh, really good friendships. And I met two wonderful um, girls uh, from uh, Europe. One stays in London. The other friend of mine stays in uh, Zurich in Switzerland. So we became really best friends. Mm -hmm. So that really um, was the, it was like a a platform for me, uh, a motivation for me to really think of climbing more uh, peaks because Mm -hmm. I had such a great time on Kilimanjaro. I was very strong just out of uh, uh, training and physically very agile and strong. So for me, climbing Kilimanjaro was not at all uh, tough. I had a great time and made really good friendships and uh, relationships with uh, people. So it was a very good experience. And I decided then and there that, yes, I'm going to climb more because I'm having a great time. I'm very happy also doing this. And I was Mm -hmm. good at it. I realized that I was good at uh, climbing. Mm -hmm. That was when I realized that I'm really good at uh, climbing. So Kilimanjaro was the platform that I really needed. It was very positive, positive vibes. After Kilimanjaro, in, um, in the same um, year, I went to uh, Indonesia. Uh, I climbed Karstens Pyramid. It was also one of the seven summits. Situated um, okay. in uh, you know um, Papua New Guinea region of uh, Indonesia. It is around uh, fourteen thousand plus feet uh, um, peak. It is a rock climbing peak. 
ऑस्ट्रेलिया and even then i had a great uh, time and then i realized what team work is how you like you know those two my guide uh, and those two uh, male climbers they were all 6 feet uh, i think 3 plus 6 oh, feet 3 okay. plus they they would weigh uh, like they weighed around 100 kilos you know wow. and i was just weighing like 51 52 kilos <laughs> okay. the amount of luggage that loads that they can carry and the kind yeah. of loads that i can carry was, there was no comparison at all Absolutely. and their pace and my pace being so small and they being so huge and big and strong yeah. so that even that was a big lesson for me you know to how to train I, like it does not matter whether you are small or you are very you know you seem to be weak but it just matters uh, how strong uh, are you in your mind mm-hmm. so then that also and they also really uh, helped me a lot we worked as a team and as a team we climbed and we succeeded and uh, really wonderful uh, experience i have uh, and that was the first time that i was climbing with a all male uh, team you know okay. i was the only uh, woman in the team and they really took care of me and uh, you know getting used to uh, their kind of culture and they were all americans one mm-hmm. from new zealand their way of thinking how they think and yeah. how what is their outlook towards life and how they look at uh, women from india <laughs> everyone has these uh, st- you know have these notions or preconceived notions in their head okay yeah. women in india may not would not come out you know they yeah. were like okay they were even surprised to know that i was married and with two kids and even then i'm coming and trying <laughs> you know climbing mountains they were like maybe she's single or she's divorced yeah. so she has a lot of time on her so she's yeah. coming and climbing you know so all these stereotypes uh, even people from uh, uh, you know uh, americans or the europeans they also have a lot of stereotypes yeah. and preconceived yeah. notions about indian women so it was yeah. nice for me to break this myth that right. they have about uh, women so uh, that was also a wonderful experience and in 2015 i um, went and climbed akankagoa in uh, south america the highest peak in south america okay. it's in argentina again my teammates were from australia one uh, male climber and one uh, female climber and mm-hmm. again we were we worked as a team and you know and got used to the australian way of life how they used to would uh, you know and they would talk about australia and different parts of australia and my guide was from argentina so different cultures and and also learned about their training methods how do they take care of themselves see as a woman it's very very important that self care how hygiene personal hygiene all that is very important so this all this we did not know when i was doing my uh, you know mountaineering courses it's only when i did all uh, started climbing with uh, cl- professional climbers or amateur climbers that i came to know about all these things so how to pack your stuff how to pack lightly mm. medicines uh, to carry your medicine personal hygiene especially being a woman you need to be extra careful 
so all these were learning points uh, for me i had a great time again uh, working with uh, the Aus- two australians and my argentinian guide and uh, summiting uh, akankagua it is a wonderful beautiful mountain after akankagua i went to russia in again to, in 15 2015 august and climbed uh, mount elbrus in uh, russia okay. it was a huge a big a uh, big team of uh, 10 members again from all over the world and so uh, it was uh, some of them could not climb some of them climbed so ultimately around four of uh, five or six of us climbed the rest of uh, the rest of them you know fell back and they could they could not climb okay. then after elbrus i went and um, climbed uh, i went to antarctica after elbrus in 2016 uh, january Mm-hmm. Uh, i went to climb uh, the highest peak in antarctica called vinson massif so this is also uh, one of the seven summits or this is, uh... yes, that is yes that is the seven summits it's okay. only like that is one of the seven summits and before like uh, let me tell you before that in 2015 i went to climb uh, everest okay but uh, if you remember in 2015 there was a huge earthquake in nepal yeah the expeditions got cancelled during yeah. that time i had gone to climb everest from uh, the china side not from nepal uh, okay. because i had i wanted to climb from uh, nepal because i wanted to see tibet i wanted to visit uh, lhasa to see dalai lama's patola palace okay. so that was my main um, motive to climb and also from the china side it's very very difficult to get permits from the china side right. and very few people get uh, permits so we, we were hardly around 40 to 42 climbers mm-hmm. in comparison on the nepal side there would be like 600 climbers okay so it's so like you, know, uh, you, you may have heard uh, last year there was a traffic jam uh, yes 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 a lot yes. of death that happened uh, yes. on the Nepal side. absolutely so I, yeah. i wanted to be away from all these uh, you know traffic jams and all okay. that so i decided to climb from the china side but unfortunately in 2015 there was a huge earthquake and i was already at the advanced base camp and we had to immediately get down to the base camp okay and, you know you know because the, the mountain had become quite dangerous to mm-hmm. climb so we did not uh, get injured it was the more injuries and fatalities happened uh, in nepal not okay. on the china side okay yeah so that was quite disappointing after this i went and climbed the uh, vinson massif in 2016 in january mm-hmm. that's the highest peak in antarctica again antarctic going to antarctica itself is a huge um, uh, you know task yeah it's so far away it's quite expensive it's so remote it's completely isolated and you um, know somehow uh, you know uh, the uttar pradesh government has been uh, sponsoring my uh, everest uh, expeditions okay so yeah um, so antarctica vinson massif uh, it was again a huge uh, team from uh, south america north america europeans australians and um, though like you know i did not have really good relationship with the teammates because mm-hmm. there were different kinds you know every time you can't have a very good time with uh, people yeah though that was a drawback in that uh, journey but um, i really worked hard you know uh, when you uh, climb outside of uh, india 
and, and I'm not even saying Nepal. See, in okay. Nepal, you have Sherpas. Yeah. In other countries, you don't have, you don't get any help. Correct. You don't, you don't get any who carry your stuff. Yes. You don't get any other help. There is a guide who's like a, you know, who's like your um, mentor, and yeah. uh, he advises you and guides you to the mountain. He will mm-hmm. not do anything else. Everything else, like pitching tents or washing the used utensils or you, you are helping with the cooking, everything you are doing. Right. So even in Antarctica, uh, you know, you carry your own luggage. Okay. You carry your own food. So in Antarctica, we had to uh, carry a uh, pull a sled and then carry a backpack. <coughs> okay. It would be like, you know, 20 kilos and backpack would be like 15 to uh, 16 or 18 kilos. So I had to train uh, to carry these kind of loads. So that was also a, was a very new thing for me. And also walking on the glacier and really cold, extreme cold temperatures. So then uh, I had to deal with all these things. And also, like you said, um, high speed uh, cold winds that yeah. lashes against your uh, yeah. face. So you have to color, cover the whole of your face. You have your goggles, you're covering your nose. You're covering your, uh, you know, cheeks and everything. You just have a small hole to breathe here mm-hmm. and then you. So, and then after a point of time, everything freezes, you know. There's right. snow on your goggles, on your, you know, where you're breathing. There are snow, so, you know, icicles all over form. So yeah. that, that was, it was that cold. So it was quite a different experience. And for a South Indian who's used to, a tropical, you know, more um, hot climate. Hot climate. Uh, getting used to the cold, yes. You know, getting used to the, um, you know, cold climate is, even now it's quite uh, tough. I feel really very cold. But yeah. I um, do a lot of layers and wear all kinds of uh, thermals and everything and mm-hmm. keep myself uh, warm. So okay. even that was a big learning experience. And it also you know, made me realize how mentally strong I am. After a point of time, physically you give up. But it's right. in, uh, if you think in your mind that yes, you'll be able to do it. I think you live in your mind. So that's what I realized on uh, this mountain. And um, it was very, very, uh, it was a unique experience to summit uh, Vincent Massive. It's I think one of the most incredible places on earth. Okay. And after uh, Vincent Massif in 2016, uh, again, April, I went to climb uh, Everest. And uh, this year, I succeeded in uh, climbing uh, uh, Everest and going to uh, Dalai Lama's Patola Palace in Lhasa and everything. So I had a wonderful experience. But yes, climbing Everest is very, very uh, tough. I had a tough time on Everest climbing and also descending. Everest. Uh, I remember okay. there was um, one uh, teammate of mine from California. He was a young uh, man of around just uh, 26, 27 years old. And um, again, very tall, very strong. And he was uh, trying to climb Everest without oxygen. Oh, okay. I climbed Everest with uh, oxygen. He was trying to climb without oxygen. And he was really super fast and very strong. Like mm-hmm. if I reach uh, the next camp in like, you know, say, five hours or six hours, you would reach in just two hours or two and a half hours. Okay. It was that fast and agile. Achha. So there was no uh, question in my mind that this person will not summit. Hmm. I thought, you know, for me it was that he's the first person who's going to summit uh, Everest. 
So that was Aparna Kumar, who not only conquered many peaks across the globe, but also became the first officer from All India Civil Services to conquer tallest peak Mount Vincent Massifong in Antarctica. She proves to be an inspiration for many women not only in India but also around the world. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast show Candid Talks with Bharat Yee. If you like the show, please do like, subscribe and share with others. If listening on Apple Podcast, do not forget to rate 5 stars. If on Spotify or YouTube, do not forget to subscribe and share. इसके साथ हम आज का सफर यहीं समाप्त करते हैं बातों का सिलसिला जारी रहेगा विद अपर्ण कुमार इन अवर नेक्स्ट एपिसोड मोर ऑफ अवर एक्सपीरियंसेस ऑन कैंडिड टॉक्स विद भरत वी स्टे होम स्टे सेफ दिस इज भरत वत्सा सैनिंग ऑफ फॉर टुडे दुआ में याद रखना जय हिंद